0: The word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message.
1: Last week I started a message, or preached a message about what message are we proclaiming and talking about uh, some different things Uh, with that, which I'll I'll get back to that. And today I want to talk to you on the power of preaching. And uh, I stated last week that I sometimes I think that we've forgotten how important uh, hearing the Word of God ministered is, and we've we've forgotten how important preaching is to our lives. And I I really do feel like that's part of the reason that so many people no longer think church is important uh, for their lives. They think they uh, they're fine. Just, uh, I can serve the Lord at my house, just like I can, uh, at church. And I can serve the Lord without being around God's people, uh, just like I can, if I'm involved in, and they think this because I, I many of them, I would probably doubt very seriously that they're listening to much preaching there at their house. They may turn on praise and worship. They may, uh, they may even be reading the word, all of that. Those are good things. But I, I really think there is a something when it comes to preaching that we just can't replace without hearing uh, the Word of God ministered by a, a man or woman of God that has a, has a message. And so I want to just talk about some thoughts on that for a, a little while today. Uh, but I have some scripture I want to read. I'm going to read in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 13 through 15, and then we're going to uh, read two verses in Mark chapter 16. Um, So Romans 10, starting in verse 13, it says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings good things and so of course I'm focusing on that how shall they hear without a preacher and then over in Mark chapter 16 verses 15 and 16 is Jesus talking and he says and he's and it says and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned so go into all the world and preach The gospel to every creature. Father, we just thank you for your for your presence in this place, God, in the time of worship that we've had, Lord. And we just thank you for your word. And God, I just ask your blessing upon this message and that it would just touch hearts and lives. And it will it would awaken in us again to understand how important it is to hear your word preached over and over again. In Jesus name. Amen. So I want to talk about the power of preaching. And so uh, last week when I was talking about what message are we proclaiming, and uh, I, was, I was mentioning how there's so many ministries out there now that they're trying to be uh, so seeker-sensitive that they've forgotten the message, or it seems like it, because uh, maybe they've forgotten the importance uh, and the power of the message that we're to proclaim as Christians. And so this is kind of what kind of what his, my opinion has happened. I don't know why I'm giving so many opinions last week and this week, but I've got a couple of opinions today too. I try not to give too many opinions, but uh, when I look around what I see, and I'm not, and there's nothing wrong with some of these things because I'm going to talk about programs and stuff, and I'm all for programs. We need them. But what's happened because uh, of the way people are, people are so... Uh, uh, are changing and becoming so demanding, and they don't, they don't, uh, they don't think preaching is important, and they don't want to hear the truth. And when you're and true preaching, is going to give you the truth. Well, some people don't want the truth, so what's happened in our churches is that we've traded preaching for pampering, and so it's all about people's feelings and people's emotions, and we don't want to offend people, and we don't want to hurt their feelings, uh, but if the truth hurts their feelings, and sometimes it just has to, has to be done. But uh, but we have to pamper people because uh, well I guess you'd say a lot of people are pampering people because they're just worried that they if they get upset they might not come back or they or for whatever reason and so what happens then is uh, people don't want to hear the truth but they want to be involved have you seen people like that they want to they want to hang around but they don't want to change they want to uh, and it doesn't even have to be that there's anything bad in their life. It can just be they want to hang around the church, but they're not really trying to go further in the Lord. They're not really going after the things of the Spirit. They're not really uh, trying to renew their minds. And so we have to trade preaching for programs because they don't want the, the truth, but, so, but they, still need, they still want to stay involved. And, so, uh, and I, I'm all for programs. I'm all for good programs that uh, promote the gospel. But what happens after that, I think, I hope you're following where I'm going with that and not that I'm just beating up on programs. Uh, sometimes when you're at smaller churches, people just think you beat up on programs because you don't want to have enough people to run a program. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just meeting in, in general, the whole church world. And so what happens when we traded preaching for pampering and then we traded preaching for programs, unfortunately, you start trading preaching for pretending. And... uh we see this even in the in in all different types of churches, and uh, not everything. What is it? Not everything that I, I'm worried about my sayings now. Ever since I messed that one up the other week with Heather, but it not everything that is it glitters is golden, or is that right? Did I, did I get that one right? We've traded preaching for pretending, and uh, we still want to act certain ways and act like certain things are happening, but the preaching's not going forth, and so it's really not. And so what happens is, when you get down to it, after all this takes place, this has caused many to eventually trade preaching for the profane, and that's why you see all the nonsense going on in pulpits. Um, that's why I don't know if y'all, any of y'all saw the uh, the uh, almost like uh, stripper dancers the one uh, church had at Easter. It's just crazy things going on. So, and I'm not even talking about those that that guy or that th- those people today but there's just weird stuff why is this stuff happening in the pulpits because they forgot about the power of real preaching and they've they've traded some things and if you keep trading eventually the profane shows up that's why you see all this crazy stuff going on in church leaderships and in pulpits and uh, all over all over the world i was uh listening to an older minister uh, a few weeks ago on YouTube, I don't, I don't even know his name, and uh, he, he may have been talking to preachers, but he said this uh, when it came to preaching. He said, don't trade your trumpet for a fiddle. And uh, unfortunately, that's what many have done because they don't believe in the power of preaching. We're supposed to be like a trumpet blast. We're supposed to be proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus. But a lot of people have traded their trumpet for a fiddle just to try and appease people's feelings uh, and their and in their emotions and see what that is is whether you whether the person waters it down or they hype it up Either way, they've traded their trumpet for a fiddle because either way they're playing to people's feelings uh, Because of either the fear of man or because they're trying to manipulate someone usually to get in their pockets and We all have seen it. We've all experienced it We've probably all even been in services and seen stuff like that 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 happen now even though this is a huge issue, like I've just talked about, all over the church world, I want us to focus on ourselves for just a moment. I want us to think about us before we're too hard on someone else. And uh, then maybe I'll get back to some more things about the church world and point some things out for us to, to consider. So, but just focus on yourself for just a minute, and I want you to ask yourself this question uh, Do I believe in preaching? Do I believe in the power of preaching? And don't just say yes because you know that's what the answer is supposed to be. I want you to really think about it because we want to renew our minds. We want to fix anything that's not right in the way we're believing and the way we're, we're thinking. And the only way you can do that is be honest with yourself. And so with this question, I had to really, I had to really think some things through on this, if I'm being honest. Um, this question was asked... In a class I was in a little over a month ago, and actually it was even, he asked the question, and it was in the book, one little, uh, the workbook we had in big bold letters, so I thought it must must be pretty important, so I kind of actually tuned him out and just started actually thinking on the question. I knew what the answer was supposed to be, but I wanted to really think it through for myself, and so I eventually, I hate to say that, but it was eventually, it wasn't right off. I eventually came to the conclusion, and I even made the proclamation, yes, I believe in preaching. I believe in the power of preaching. I believe in what God has called me to do. But I want to take you down that road I traveled just a moment in my, in my thought process because uh, while I was tr- before I was able to make that declaration, I had to go through some things, and I realized that I needed to change the way I was thinking about some things when it, when it came to preaching. And so the question was asked and it just struck me deeply because I just started to realize how preaching has become so minimized in, the, in much of the church world uh, these days. And because of the way uh, it's approached in the church world, there could be many good people out there that are just failing to understand the importance of preaching. And so I started thinking because I knew that the answer was yes, but I was wondering why he would have such a big, it written out so big, in the book, and I started thinking, okay, do I believe in preaching? Do I really believe in preaching? Do I really believe in the power of preaching? And so I started thinking, uh, we know the answer. So I'm started thinking, uh, how would I come to that answer? What would tell me if I really do or not? And so I started thinking, okay, if I have a, a lost friend or loved one that that I want to accept Jesus, what would be the first thing I would think that I would need for them? And immediately I started thinking in my mind, man, I'm thinking, man, if it, if uh, if they're like, you know, uh, really living for the devil, I guess you would say, I would be thinking, man, I just wish I could get them in and, uh, and they could be when there's a powerful altar service going on and miracles are happening and they're just seeing the power of God and they can just feel the presence of God. And, and that's a that's a great thought. That's important. And I thought, but if they were, probably if they were not a bad sinner, you know, they live as good as the church people, they just haven't accepted Christ, I would think, I was thinking, you know, I'd probably be thinking, man, I really just wish I could get them to come to church and they could see how nice everybody is. They could see how sweet the people are and maybe they would get connected and they would, you know, and then I was thinking, man, this, I was thinking about uh, what if I had a friend that would, um, someone that was in need of healing or uh, deliverance or something, and I, and I kept going back to either uh, seeing how good the people are, uh, having a powerful altar service where miracles are happening, or they will see how good our praise team is, and they'll really like the songs and, and sing them. And I began thinking, well, why wouldn't my first thought be, man, I wish they would come and hear a message about how good God is and about His saving power? Why wouldn't it? But some of you, if, you're, if you honestly will ask yourself that question, it wouldn't be the first thing that popped in your head either. And um, the, the truth about it is, is that the scripture that we read in Romans is how are they gonna believe in him whom they have not heard and how are they gonna hear without a preacher? It doesn't say anything about the, the other stuff. In order for them to believe, they need to hear a preacher. So I said, so something's not right in what I'm thinking. Why would, I, why would those things be the first thing to pop in my head Especially when I'm a preacher, <laughs> and so I started thinking about things over the years because you see, everything's influencing us, whether we know it or not, and that's why we have to renew our minds with the Word. And so I started thinking about um, people you bump into, and they say, "Man, we had a good service this morning," and then they usually finish that if it's a Pentecostal church, and they said, "The preacher what? Didn't even, Didn't even preach." preach. When we had a great service this morning, the preacher didn't even preach. The spirit was moving and the preacher didn't even preach. And I'm all for the spirit moving. I'm all for services where we get caught in the Lord's presence and, 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 and people are being touched. As long as, as long as the spirit is working. To me, there's a difference in the spirit moving and the spirit working. Sometimes, uh, I'll get to that in a second, but I, I, you're thinking, you know, that, but I, so I thought that immediately came to my mind and, um, and, and we have that thought it's such a good service. The preacher didn't even preach my, I guess I learned this from my grandfather, my grandpa, for those that knew him, he was a very straightforward person. No nonsense. Uh, he believed everything in this book, but he didn't play any games. And uh, so he's the one that I kind of learned the difference between the spirit moving and the spirit working. Uh, When the spirit's working, people are being saved. People are being healed. People are being delivered and people are being filled with the Holy Spirit. When uh, uh, when the spirit's moving or what people call the spirit moving, people are shouting. People are maybe are crying and things like that. But there's not an obvious manifestation of the Holy Spirit Changing people's lives. As I hope that makes makes sense. There's nothing wrong with having a service where people are shouting and 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 it's more, uh, I guess, emotional. There, there there's a place for that too. Depends on the time, the setting. Everything's about timing with anything in life. So I'm not I'm not against that. But my grandfather was at a church and I can't remember if he was the new pastor or if he was there evangelizing. But he uh, told me about this, and so I'm going to try to retell it. So it might not be exactly word for word, but the basis of what happened. And so they had shouted him down one service and didn't let him preach. And what's funny about those same services, and still I don't mean anything bad by this, it's just so surprising to me that how they have that good service and the preacher didn't even preach, but somehow the Spirit always knows to cut it off at 1215. We were so lost in the presence of God, the preacher couldn't even get up to preach. But you're, you're at the same restaurant I'm at. It's funny that the spirit doesn't ever go to one thirty, two o'clock, three o'clock, maybe even six in the evening. You know, if they, if you're that lost. But that's just how my brain works sometimes. But sometimes I'm too critical. So Heather's telling me to work on it. I'm trying. But my grandfather. Now my grandfather. Uh, I mean he was. You know, Pentecostal to the bone. He just uh, un- unbelievable man of God. And, and so it wasn't one of those, you know, because there's some people, they just want to hear themselves talk. And uh, I'm not talking about those types of preachers. <laughs> and he's so, they shout him down. He doesn't get to preach. He lets it slide. He gives them a pass. So the next service he goes in and he, he uh, uh, they start shouting again. And they shout and they shout and they shout, and so he's up on the uh, up on the, the the stage, the way they all uh, everyone was back then, all the preachers, and he, he's sitting there, and they finally start you know shutting it down, and uh, he gets up. Well, they're just they just know he's going to end it, and so he gets up and he does. He looks at his watch, and he says, uh, "Y'all can go ahead and be seated." And they said, okay, he's not going to dismiss us. He's probably just going to read a scripture and let us go because it's getting late. And he said, man, we've had a good time in the Lord this morning. Y'all have shouted. You've had, you know, you've worshiped. I appreciate the worship. And he said, but according to my watch, I've watched you shout for an hour and a half. And now you're going to sit there and listen to me preach for an hour and a half. And so he preached for an hour and a half straight. He said if he didn't have enough material, he just started over. He just, he just... He just kept preaching. He rambled. So more than three hours later, they finally got to leave church. And they never did it to him again. <laughs> if there was a time where they didn't want him to preach, they made sure the spirit was working. Uh, they didn't, and, but he he didn't, he wasn't mean, but he there was two lessons learned that day. Some of them were saying, man, this guy really believes in preaching. Even after shouting for an hour and a half, he thinks it's so important that he's still going to give us the word of God before we leave. And others were thinking, I'm not shouting ever again because this man will not let us leave when we do. But but, uh, people will do that. They get caught up in things and and it's important that we express ourselves. It's important that we have powerful moves in the altar and that we have all those things are great, but it doesn't change that preaching is powerful and it's important too. See, so there was a time when I was a kid. Uh, maybe you can remember this time. Do you remember when people used to come in late all the time to church? Now, if, don't, if they miss, if they think they're going to miss the first song, they just don't go. We're going to be late. There's no need to go going. The praise and worship would be over. But there was a time where the preaching was the most important part of the service. I would. There would always be several people, even on uh, a lot on when we had Wednesday night services. They would come in late in their work clothes to hear the message preached but something's shifted why is it this way why have so many forgotten about the the power of preaching and so i'm sifting through all these thoughts thought, thinking of my grandfather thinking of the way he was and all this different stuff and and uh the guy running the class i had tuned him out but then he asked this question and uh he said I want you to think about this because we, we do change so much on the emphasis of, of preaching. Is uh, And I'll ask you today, how many of you here today, the day you got saved, there was a sermon preached? Not can you remember the sermon or was it the sermon that changed your life, but there was a sermon preached the day that you were saved? There was for me. Anybody else? Did all of y'all get saved at work? Yeah, now there are times where uh, people get saved riding down the road, or they do get saved at work, or maybe they've, they've heard the message preached their whole life, and one day they get to the end of their rope, and they're all alone at home or wherever, and, and, uh, and, and they, they accept the Lord. But most people, there's a message preached when they receive Christ. But we don't think it's important, even though our, we say our mission is to see people saved. Uh, when... when when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, was there a message preached? There was, for me, for most people that, that there is. And it's that way when people even are healed or delivered. Why wouldn't we have the thought if someone in our family needs healing? Because we've had, I've had sick people in the family and I'm thinking, man, I would, I, I would love to be able to take them to where this revival's happening or where this, this person could pray for them. Do you ever have thoughts like that? Yeah, I, I wish I had the money. I would fly them here and we would do this. And, but what a, I, why don't we have a thought man i would just wish i could let them hear a message on god's healing power on how it's his will to, to heal everyone that's oppressed by sickness from the enemy but we don't we don't we don't think that way but we should on the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 when were the 3000 saved They were not saved when they, uh, it's important that uh, speaking in tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. It's important for the Spirit to move and have free will for things to happen. But on the day of Pentecost, when they saw people speaking in tongues, they didn't get saved. It was after Peter preached. A message was preached and then 3,000 were saved. Uh, In Acts chapter 5, I'm going to read this, I meant to flip to it. Acts chapter 5, verse uh, 40. Well, I'll just have, I'll read it off the screen. And they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ so here they've been they've been threatened they've been beaten all these things have happened because the enemy wants to stop preaching why does the enemy want to stop preaching because he knows how powerful it is and then with the with the, with the apostles even after being beaten they wouldn't stop they kept preaching daily They continued to preach every day. Why? Because they believed in the power of preaching. They believed in the message they were preaching, and preaching is powerful. It was preachers and preaching that turned the world upside down. But yet we neglect it and forget about it. Preaching is the greatest of all communication miracles because the preaching of the gospel is the vehicle for men to be saved. It's the way God chose it to be. Unfortunately, even a lot of preachers don't believe in the power of preaching these days. There are people in pulpits right now, and they don't believe in preaching. They don't really believe in, in what, what, they're, what they're supposed to be doing. So why do they preach? I don't know. Many preach for a paycheck. Some preach because they've got very good speaking skills and they like being a, they like being a leader. They like people following them. I, I, I don't know. But, there's, but many people, they just don't believe in preaching these days pastors and preachers, and one of the main reasons they probably believe this way is they feel like people don't want to hear what they have to say. They don't, they don't think people really want to hear preaching. Preaching is not effective anymore, and, and many people don't want to hear what you have to say. They just don't. And that's why Paul told us in 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 1, And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So in season, be ready in season and out of season. In season means when it's popular, when people want to hear it. Out of season means when they don't want to hear it and they don't like it. And they might not even like you for telling it. Paul says to preach when they like it and when they don't like it. He says to preach it when they can't get enough and they're hanging on every word. And he says preach it when they don't want to hear a single word you have to say but he says, don't stop preaching. He knows the power of preaching. And see, many churches have stopped preaching today because people don't like it. And yes, we're in the people business, but we're in God's business. So, you know, there's a lot of them saying we're in the people business. We are. We're here to help people, but it's not just about getting people. See, Paul told us that there was a day coming when they wouldn't want to hear it, but he said, keep preaching. And see, many preachers won't do it, though, because not only have they forgotten the power of preaching, but they seem to be more concerned with building their church instead of building the kingdom. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be. Their concern is their church, not his church. Uh, I've gone to uh, a lot of conferences, even Heather and I went to uh, one, it was three or four days on just church growth. And... I know there's a, that's a broad topic. I know they got a lot of things to get to when it comes to structure and government and facilitating and programs and all those other things. But it's just always been funny to me how you go to a church growth class, church growth seminar, church growth conference, and how little bit of the time is spent on preaching. It's about everything else, about reaching people, which is all important. But what about preaching the truth? What about preaching what, what God has for us to say? And uh, I'm going to give you another opinion if you, if you, if the first one didn't make anybody mad. Um, There's a difference between preaching and teaching. Okay. And uh, I don't think most, many people know the difference um, because styles of preaching have changed so much with different generations. But uh, this is, so this is my opinion on it. Preaching, it's almost impossible to preach, at least to preach well, and not teach somewhere in your message. Okay, But it is possible to teach and never preach. Okay, Now, preaching has nothing to do with delivery style. People call me a teacher because I stay pretty calm. Now, I do a lot of teaching when I do preach, so I'm not against teaching in any way. But style doesn't matter of whether you're preaching or not. You can be as uh, calm as me, or you can be high energy, you can be high emotion. Uh, you know, some uh, preachers cry a lot, some preachers... Uh, uh, all different types. It doesn't matter. Okay? Here's the difference. Preaching is the proclamation of the things of Jesus. Teaching is the explanation of the things of Jesus. So teaching is explaining the things of Jesus. Preaching is proclaiming the things of Jesus. And the truth is not everything can be explained. Some things can only be proclaimed. We can proclaim the truth of God's Word, promises of God's Word. I can't explain it all. I don't have to explain it all. And that's why we need preaching. Good teaching is important, but we don't need to neglect the importance and the power of preaching. And uh, when I was thinking of that, looking back at that, the Scripture I just uh, went through in 2 Timothy I don't know if Paul did any of this on purpose. This just popped in my head. But think about that. He says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, and all that, convince, rebuke, exhort, all that. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Sound doctrine comes from preaching, proclaiming the things of Jesus. It says, according to their own desires, they have itching ears, and they will heap up for themselves teachers. Have you noticed how people today they want everything to be explained? They want it all explained. And so they're going to heap up teachers. And if you only talk about everything you can explain, you're not going to preach this whole book. It's just not going to happen. You're never going to be able to explain all that. And to say that they want to get these teachers to explain everything to them, and end up they turning away from the truth, and they go to fables. And we've all seen it. We've all seen it, but that's why we need preaching, not just teaching. We need teaching, but we need preaching, too. We don't need to neglect the importance of it. In Romans 16, verse 25, I want to share this with you. It says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. So I want you to notice two things uh, in this scripture. Uh, first, there, it says there are still some things that are mysteries. The revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. There's some mysteries out there. Some things just can't be explained. That's why we need preaching and not just, not just teaching. And second, if you look at the first part of that verse, now to him who is able to establish you according to my, to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, preaching helps us to be established by the Lord. There are a lot of people in the church that have not been established. Man, they're trying hard to be established. They're trying to find a way to be established. They're they're stabbing each other in the back to be established. They're doing everything they can do, but it it takes good preaching. If we want to be established and we want to have a firm foundation, then we need need good, sound, Christ-filled preaching in our lives. Preaching is that powerful. And that's why when we do preach, we better make sure we're preaching the truth. Galatians 1 verse 8 says, But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Paul, he's saying, even if they, I preach something different. And I I talked last week about forgetting the message that we're supposed to be proclaiming, how some preachers, when you watch their ministry, it seems like they preach one way, but as their church grows or as they get more influence, they start changing what they, what they preach. And I know we all change a little bit, but some of them go pretty drastic in the wrong direction. We got to preach the truth. So what should we preach 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves as bondservants for Jesus' sake. We preach Jesus, not ourselves. He's the message. And there are a lot of really good speakers out there these days, amazing speakers. They have loyal followers. Um, they have a lot of influence. But in reality, they really aren't preachers. They're not proclaiming the things of Jesus. Well, maybe they are preachers, but what they're doing is it's, it's not true preaching. Maybe that's another one of my opinions, but that's just how I feel about it. And I'm not trying to put anybody down because we all need correction from time to time. We all make mistakes. We all can get in, in error at any time. And I hope that these gifted speakers will start preaching the way that they should be for the glory of God. That's what I want for me. I want, to do, I want to be the best preacher I can be for the glory of God. If I'm doing something wrong, I want to try and fix it. I want to let Holy Spirit reveal things to me. But the reason that I said that they are not really preaching is because when you actually get past their charisma or their, uh, the style that they have and you listen to their sermon, you hear a lot of similar things. Look at me. Look at how anointed I am. Look at, uh, look at how successful I am. Look at, how, look at all the important people I know. Look at all the places I've been. Look at how big my church is. Look at how gifted I am. Look at, look at how much money I have in the bank. Look how much money my church has in the bank. All those different things. If it doesn't point to Jesus, it's not preaching, it's bragging. And there's really no, no place for it. I don't care how much money someone has, and I don't care if they don't have any money at all. I'm fine with it either way. And I'm fine with a preacher sharing stuff. I like being transparent. I like preachers that are transparent. They're the ones I like to listen to the most. So I, I'm, I'm fine with them sharing any of this stuff. I don't care if they talk about how much money they they have as long as they're talking about what how God has blessed them. I don't care if they talk about how poor they've been if they say... Look at what God has brought me through. I don't care if they talk about how gifted they are. Any of those things are fine as long as it's part of the sermon process that eventually brings us back and points us to Jesus. Amen. See, share anything you want as long as it points to the Christ because there's a difference in look at what I've done and look at what the Lord has done for me. Amen. And that's the, that's the main, main thing with it. In 2 Timothy 4 and 2 that we already, we already read, it. Paul said to preach the word. Jesus is the Word. As long as we preach Jesus, everything will be just fine. Because Jesus is what makes preaching powerful to begin with. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, uh, it says this. It says, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. It's all about Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus is the power of preaching. It all comes back to Christ. And see, if we aren't careful to remember and to, to believe in the power of preaching, then one day it may even get worse and get to a place where we find ourselves that many have found themselves that have fallen away from God and that fallen out of church. And that's... Have you ever been around someone that they didn't just seem like they no longer believed in the power of preaching, but they almost seemed like they were ashamed of it? They were ashamed of preaching or they are ashamed of the gospel? It's sad when you see it, and it's out there. There are a lot of people that end up finding themselves in that place. Paul said in Romans 1, verse 15, says, So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. See, it's time for the church to stop apologizing for the truth. It's time to stop being ashamed of the gospel, and it's time to start believing in the power of the gospel and the power of preaching the gospel to all, even if they don't want to listen, but who will listen to what we have to say? And I know the enemy comes against us, and he tells us, maybe, maybe I, I'm the only one who's had this thought. You're thinking about sharing something with someone uh, or even inviting them to church, if you're going that simple, but sharing the gospel with them, and then you'll have the thought, yeah, but what if they ask you this? Well, what if they say that? And you start thinking, I'm not going to be able to answer that question. If they ask those questions, I'm going to look like a fool. I'm going to, you, you're, you know how your brain starts going. You start thinking this and fear's trying to set in and, and you start thinking that you got to be able to explain this thing from cover to cover or you better just keep quiet. Remember, we don't have to explain everything. <laughs> That's why you tell them, so, oh, I'm just preaching to you. I'm not teaching right now. You'll have to go figure that out for yourself later. <laughs> But, I, but you'll have that thought, like I got to somehow, I got to defend God. I got to defend uh, the Bible. I got to defend all these things, and it keeps us from doing what he's called us to do. It keeps us from making disciples. And so I heard this about uh, Martin Luther, and he was asked one time how he defended the Bible. And this was his response. He said, defend the Bible. That's like asking, being asked to defend a lion. I don't defend a lion. I turn it loose. You see, that's what preaching does. Preaching turns the gospel loose. You don't have to get everything perfect. You don't have to be able to explain everything. We just have to start turning it loose. We've been keeping it bottled up inside the church for way, way too, well, it's not even bottled up most of the time, in, even in the pulpits, it's not being, it's not being turned loose. Look, I'm thankful for all those that are in apologetics and that can, that can defend and argue and do all those things, uh, the doctrines and the things of the faith. That's great. But let's not get caught up in trying to explain everything to the point that we fail to preach the gospel. We fail to do what he's called us to do. We don't have to defend it. We just need to declare it. We just need to turn it loose. And I believe that if we'll turn it loose, that God will defend it. God will do everything that needs, needs to be done. But we're never going to do it if we don't believe in the power of it. We have to believe in the power of preaching. We think we have to be uh, this gifted person. We have to have all these amazing spiritual gifts, which you do. You may not be operating in them. You may not be yielding yourself to the Spirit for to show its fruit yet. But you've got spiritual gifts that are amazing and can do the supernatural. But we just think we need to be like someone else. You know, that's how it usually goes. If I was just like someone else, I would do this or I would do that. And we start. we even start talking about in the Bible about how uh, the disciples, they went around and all these miracles happened. And yes, they happened. But I want to read one verse to you before I, uh, before I close it out. And I didn't give this one to Donna, so sorry. But in Mark 16, after Jesus has said, go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the very last verse says this, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. The Lord confirmed it. There were signs, there was wonders, there was miracles. But I don't know if you noticed or not in the scripture, it says they went out and the Lord was working with them, but the Lord didn't confirm them. It says he confirmed the word. He was working with them, but he confirmed the word. And that's another thing. That's a message for another day. But that's why some preachers, you wonder, how can that guy not be living exactly the way he should? But he gets up in the pulpit and all these amazing things still keep happening. It's because God's confirming his word. He's not confirming the man. Right. We're, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. And some people go beyond that. They take liberty way more than they should when it comes to God's grace and mercy. But, and, it, and you still see the miracles. You still see the gifts operating. It's because God's confirming his word. If we will go out and preach the Word, God will confirm it. We'll have signs and wonders in the church again. We'll see miracles on the job again, in our homes again. We'll see all those things begin taking place. But none of it's going to happen until we start preaching the Word. And none of that's going to happen until we start believing in the power of preaching. How are they going to believe in whom they have not heard? And how are they going to hear without a preacher? I told Michelle I didn't know what I was going to do for an altar service altar call or whatever because I knew this message was a little strange but I do believe it's important to be heard by a lot of people we need to believe in the things of the Lord and preaching is an important part of ministry and the kingdom Um, and I believe everyone in here that you're called to preach in some way you're not going to be in a pulpit some of you might, but you're not always going to be in a pulpit or on a platform. But you've got a message to preach because we're to preach to every living creature. And preachers can't get to everybody. We just know Christians can, but preachers can't always get to everybody. But you can. You've got people that you're going to influence. So this is uh, going to be a, a quick altar service probably. But if it's open to everybody because I believe you're all preachers. But for those that are preaching... You preach in a pulpit, you, have a, uh, you work with different ones, you're licensed and you're not licensed, it doesn't matter. And you would just like to uh, receive prayer this morning uh, for this. I want you to believe in what you do. I want you to trust in how God made you to be, the message He's given you to share with the world, the way He's given you to share it. Just be you. You don't have to worry about being anybody, anybody else. But just because you're not like somebody else, even somebody else, because sometimes, you know, people that you really admire, you're nothing like them. Their style can be completely different, but there's just something about them that attracts you to them. And so, and you end up like comparing yourself to them. And you end up thinking, man, I'll never be able to preach like that lady or preach like that guy. I'll never be able to minister like, like them. And that can be a difficult place to be. But I just want to pray for you today to reaffirm you that God knows, chose you for a reason. You're the way you are for a reason and that He wants to do amazing things through your ministry. But you have to believe in what He's called you to do. You have to believe in the message that He's given you to share and you have to believe in the power that is contained in that message as He confirms uh, His Word. All right, Father, we just thank You again for Your presence, God. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You, God, for Your promises. Lord, we pray for every need that's in this house this morning, God, for the hands that were raised. And we pray for Brother Hall. We pray for continued healing and strength to his body, Lord. We pray for uh, Cora as she's traveling, God, that you would just give her favor and mercy along her way, that she just has an amazing time. And, God, we just we love you and we just thank you for it. We pray blessings over uh, Brother Danny Bird and Tina, Lord, as they're traveling. Yeah bringing the gospel, God. I pray that something today that was said would spark something in those revivals, God. Lord, we just ask that you would just confirm your word. We know he's going to bring a good word because he's going to bring your word. He's going to bring the word. He's going to preach Jesus. And so, God, we just ask for amazing testimony after testimony as you open doors of opportunity, not only to them, Lord, but to every minister in in this house with a call upon their life, God places where they can share the gospel lord and we can just see amazing things happen as we preach your word lord help us to understand the importance of it lord and to never neglect that and god we give you honor and glory and we just pray blessings over every person here god as they go their way in jesus name amen
0: we are so happy that you joined us today If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroodchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 AM Sunday mornings and seven o'clock PM Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.